0: Good morning on this warm fall day. While we're recording, we're still in the last of the heat wave, but fall is right around the corner. And we are back with a bonus episode this morning. Hey, Rick.
1: Hey, I'm ready to cool down a little bit. I'm not ready for snow, but I am ready to (laughs) cool down a little bit. It's been been crazy hot.
0: But it's summer, the summer to fall mm-hmm. shift is coming, and we are excited for fall ministry launch around here. We've got some oh, yeah. Bible studies that are starting up this week. All We've kinds of things
1: are going. Small groups mm-hmm. on the
0: horizon. And we're gonna be back with the podcast every week once our next church-wide small group study starts. That'll be the Dear Church study. Coming That's the last up.
1: weekend in of September. That's when all that kicks Can't off. wait. Yeah. We've been mm-hmm.
0: working on this one for months. I'm really excited for this series. Me too. But today we're here for a bonus. Episode. This
1: is like an appetizer. It's like a like a tiny teaser, maybe. I don't even know if that's a great description. I'm just gonna share a couple of things that are on uh, on my mind, and it probably won't be that long. But it's a it's a kind of getting us ready for for what's coming.
0: That'll be great. It's been a couple of weeks since we've been down here, and mm-hmm. so it's uh, it's good to be back. And looking forward to hearing about what's on your on your mind.
1: Sure. So we talk a lot about our mission, vision, and values. Uh, here and it's the kind of thing that we get to we have to, we have to talk about uh, regularly. And our mission is to lead people to be fully devoted followers of Jesus, and um, we talk about that a lot, just to be to be clear on. How do we do that? Like, it's one thing to say that's what we want to do, but how do you actually do it? So we 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 try to talk about it uh, a lot, so it can uh, become clearer, kind of get in our DNA, get in our bones, and uh, really the thing uh, that helps us make decisions. It's how we see. It's how we see our role in the church. It's how we see our church's role uh, in in the world. It's a it's a pretty big deal. It's why we exist. That's what our mission mm-hmm. statement is, and then our vision statement describes the kind of church that we want to be as we're, as we're pursuing that. Mm -hmm. Um, We want to be a church of all cultures. We're curious, skeptical, and hurting people. I love to attend. And probably it's the back half of that that gets the, that gets the most attention. How, how do we be the kind of church where we're, where people who have questions feel safe enough to ask their questions and their their questions are getting answered and people who are skeptical or, or doubting or not sure that they're with us, um, that it's a safe place to 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 check out Christianity and be wooed to faith in Jesus um, or to, just to deal with the kind of skepticisms that even those of us who are committed followers of Jesus um, have. And, and, you know, there, there's a, streak of skepticism in me. So I, I want mm-hmm. us to do that well. And, um, certainly we want to be a church where people find comfort and rest uh, and hope and healing, especially folks who, who are hurting. And so we talk about that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think I think that aspect of our vision statement, the kind of church we want to be, uh, gets more attention. The thing that maybe we don't talk a lot about, and this is on me, is, well, what does it mean to be a church of all cultures? Mm-hmm. Like, we are, we have people from every continent except Antarctica, mm. that come to Autumn mm-hmm. Ridge, it's a cool thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a great thing to be a part of. And I mean, for the record, it, it didn't start. You know, in the past few years, I, I think it's been a part of Autumn Ridge for a long, long time. And uh, and I, it's part of what is attract was attractive to uh, to Heather and me uh, about Autumn Ridge, and certainly that's continuing. And I'm I'm grateful uh, for that. And so, are we? are we a church, let me just ask like some questions, and, and some of these might make their way into into messages in the next several weeks, okay, but let's hear it. are we a church of all cultures or are we predominantly one culture that's really welcoming to all other cultures? Mm. Those aren't the same thing.
0: Yeah, tease out the differences between those.
1: So like you could be a predominantly, um, so I'm white so I'll use that, we could be a predominantly white church that's just super welcoming, Um, But it's but there's a particular kind of culture that that's not like gospel culture. It's just it's unique to a to a geography or a certain ethnicity or certain worldviews, whatever uh, that really kind of dominates a church. But it's also super welcoming to people who see the world differently or um, versus a church that it's hard to pinpoint which culture is dominant it's just a mix of a bunch of different mm-hmm. people who are rallying around Jesus and doing their best uh, to follow him and they're all they don't ha- nobody has to kind of check part of who they are at the door mm-hmm. and i'm not saying people have to check part of who they are at the door here i'm just saying there's a difference between those two things and what i want us to be like i think it would be amazing if one day people were saying okay okay, there's this a church on a bridge. I'm in town. Maybe I'm going to check that out. Well, what kind of church is, is it? like a white church. Is it a black church? Is it a Hispanic church? A pe- I would love it for people to be confused. <laughs> and like not even know, say, you know, it's a great question. I understand the question. Oh. I don't even know how to answer that because while those descriptors are, are meaningful and make sense, that's just not how Autumn Ridge is. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a neat thing. And maybe, you know, um, maybe that's idealistic. But as I read the New Testament, it seems like that's the kind of thing that was held up, that it didn't matter what your background was. Mm -hmm. Your top card or your ultimate identity was who you are in Christ. You didn't lose the other things, like, you know, that there's there's neither, there's not Greek or barbarian, you know, slave or free, male or female, all are one in Christ. It doesn't mean that those things go away, but the thing that ultimately galvanized everyone was who they were in Christ and Mm -hmm. their citizenship in his kingdom was what was most important. And it was this amazing collection of all kinds of different people. Heaven is going to be like that. That's yeah. what Revelation has to say. Um, we have an international town in the middle of cornfields here in the <laughs> Midwest, which is awesome. And so we want our church to be a reflection of that.
0: Yeah. Oh, so, I love that. Even if it is idealistic, yeah. like you said, to have something that we're aiming for yeah. is is going to get us a lot closer to that New Testament ideal yeah. than uh, than not even trying.
1: So why are we talking about this? Like, why do, why do I want to talk about it out loud? Like, why... Why do we do need to do more than just state it?
0: Good question. Answer right. that one for us.
1: So imagine, what kind of dad would you say that I am? <laughs> oh,
0: that's a loaded question. <laughs> that, I'm a, not that, your child. The, the question, so
1: <laughs> the question's not done. That's the lead into the question. Okay. I'm giving you like a supposal here. Okay. What <laughs> kind of dad would you say that I am? If I said to to my kids, "Hey, uh, I want us, I want us to be a family that goes, that takes." takes vacations to Disneyland. And I just imagine we're going to roll it back a few years, and my kids are young, and they're all excited about that. Okay, You know, a few days go by, and they're like, so, Dad, when are we going to Disneyland? And I'm like, I I don't know. Uh, And I'm like, I didn't say we are going. I just want us to be the kind of family that (laughs) would be like, wait, but... Even if they little child brains, they wouldn't know how to how to formulate this, but we would do it. You got you to gotta schedule. You got to figure out your work schedule and your vacation schedule and and make it happen that way. You got a budget for it to, to make yes, it happen. Save a
0: whole lot of money. And
1: then <laughs> <laughs> you got to do all the planning, the logistics. To, yeah. Like you can't just say, I want us to be the kind of family that goes to Disneyland. You got to do the work yeah. to get to Disneyland if, yeah. you really, if you really mean it. And so... When we say, "Man, we're, we we want to follow Jesus. We're devoted to Him." This seems like something that's incredibly important to Him. In Revelation, we read that every you know nation, tribe, and tongue that they're in heaven worshiping. Which this is what blows my mind. That John, he's writing about that. All of those distinctives are still known and visible oh. in heaven.
0: Wow! Yeah. So
1: it's this beautiful, enduring part of God's creation that we're going to carry on into the next life, it's yeah. so Jesus... Yeah, we're not just
0: disembodied souls that's but there's right. something about our experience yeah. here that is yeah. continuing on. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: so... Um, man, if that's important to Jesus, then I want it to be important to me. Mm. And uh, because we're a church who loves Jesus and we want to follow him, then I think a lot of people would say, yeah, that's important to Jesus. That's important to me. All people are made in God's image. So how do we do that? How do we not just say it, but what are the kinds of things that we need to do? And and I don't know that we're – like this is the – best forum to talk about all the things that we need to do, um, or if that's the thing that needs to come next, but maybe we should just acknowledge that it's not going to come naturally. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's okay, because there's lots of things in the Christian life that don't come naturally that come supernaturally. Mm-hmm. Um, it is by, it's by the, the work of the Spirit of God in us that makes these things possible. But we have to say no to some things. That come naturally, and and one of the reasons, Fea, that I recognize that this doesn't come naturally is over the over the two thousands from like two thousand to today, the evangelical church in America went from being seven percent multicultural mm-hmm. to twenty two percent multicultural, mm-hmm. and then it kind of stalled out um, around twenty twenty. Um, it obviously. That's when COVID hit, and there's all kinds of things that that impacted Mm -hmm. churches in a a variety of ways, and that would that would be one. But went from seven percent of church not dominated by one culture, but multicultural to to twenty two percent. But even at even at twenty two percent, so help me make sure that my my math is correct here. That means seventy eight percent of churches are dominated by have a have a dominant culture. Yeah. Right. And I'm not going to judge them. I mean, there are all kinds of reasons that that could, that could be the case. Not every church can be multi, can, can be multicultural, can, can be a church of all cultures. If you are in a place that it's all one culture, then your church is not going to be a church of all cultures. That's just not going to happen. But a lot of places are. I, I heard something recently that typically a community is 10 times more culturally diverse than the churches in that community, mm. and the schools are twenty times the the public wow. schools are twenty times more culturally diverse than I think I got that from from Brian Brian Leritz in a, in, a, in an interview I heard with him okay. uh, recently, which he's he's a pastor in, in North Carolina, and so what this tells me is that it's just natural for us to cluster with people that fit in. The culture that we're already a part of, the mm-hmm. ethnicity that they were a part of, and I'm not accusing anybody of sin or racism or anything. I'm just saying these are just a natural this instinct. is just the kind of the the natural pull. And so, if a church is going to follow the heart of Jesus and reflect that in in their in their their congregation, we have to choose to go against what comes naturally. And so, we got to recognize that there's a natural pull that's pulling us away from what heaven is gonna is gonna look like. And I just think it's helpful to start by acknowledging that. Mm. And maybe the next step, instead of talking about all the practical things we could do, which eventually we're going to have that conversation, maybe the next step is just to have the kind of posture where you say, Jesus, I recognize that there are natural tendencies in me that are going to go away from being a church of all cultures. Mm-hmm. And it's not a, it has nothing to do with racism or anything like that. It's just, this is just natural. It's so. Jesus, would you show me that? Would you help me see that? Would you make me sensitive to that and help me by your, by your spirit, um, to show me how I can take steps to, um, to live now live more like now, what heaven is going to be like. Mm. I just let, this is my posture and I want to be prayerful about it. And I don't know what you're going to do in me. And I don't know what you're going to show to me. I don't know things that I might need to confess. I don't know things that I might need to stop doing. I don't know yet things that I might need to start doing, but this is just my, this is the posture of my heart with you Mm -hmm. and Jesus, this is so important to you. And so it's important to me because Mm -hmm. I love you and you love people. And I love people because you have loved me and you've made it possible. So this is, this is the kind of person I want to be. This is the kind of church I want us to be. Yeah. So how does that sound?
0: So I love that idea. I think that's a great posture to start from. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to to people who might land on one side or the other of that after they've done some self-reflection? Maybe there are some people that they're just fired up. They Mm -hmm. see so much beauty, so much potential in this, so much opportunity Mm -hmm. to see the world through someone else's perspective or or another culture's um, understanding of something like that. But there might also be someone who's saying, okay, I've done some self-reflection and I just have to be honest, that sounds uncomfortable. That's okay. How, yeah. how would you respond to to either of those reactions?
1: Yeah, you know, um, let me see how I want to respond. Um, how am I to respond to the to the uncomfortable thing? There, if there's anything in me, if there's anything in me that is out of sync, out of step, out of alignment with the leadership and the lordship of Jesus, then. It is a gift of grace that I feel uncomfortable so that I can follow him so that I can, so I can pivot so that I could say no to whatever that thing was so that, and maybe it's not some horrible sin, but maybe it's just not his best. Mm -hmm. And so I'm turning and following him. And the biblical word for that is repentance. It's I'm changing direction. I'm saying no to something else so that I can, so I can follow his lead and his authority. So if you feel a little uncomfortable, totally okay. Um, and there are there are all kinds of good things um, that that cause us to feel uncomfortable. We recognize mm-hmm. that. Um, I think I'm going to be talking about small groups um, as we close out our, our message series uh, this weekend, and I think small groups are a great venue for us to personally kind of take this seriously. Mm. And it's the easiest thing. Just like it's just like we talked about. Um, Seventy-eight percent of churches naturally are primarily one one culture instead of instead of being a mix of all cultures. It's just as easy for small groups to do that. And I think one of the things, and and I'm just as guilty of this as anybody else, is when I'm joining a small group, I want to find people who I like and who are like me, mm. and um, to experience this good thing that Jesus is leading us into. I have to push. I have to push beyond that, and. Just And I have to have this disposition where I'm like, all right, Jesus, I I I want to be with your people. I, w- I want to be with people that you're drawing to yourself, even if I don't know if I like them yet or not, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they like me yet or not, or even if I don't know that we're alike, that's okay. I can be with people who are different, and we're going to experience the joy, the beauty, the power, the transformation of of the work of God through the gospel as we're with people who are different from us. And we're praying together, we're learning together, we're growing in friendship together, we're encouraging each other, we're holding each other accountable, we're doing life together. We're going to experience that kind of stuff together. But not, but not if we only cluster with people who we like and who are like us.
0: Yeah, yeah. My own small group mm-hmm. has that where we've got a, a couple who mm-hmm. are Ugandan Kenyan mm-hmm. and another one from Korea mm-hmm. and it's just been an absolute blessing in sure. this to to not just have the benefit of of their perspectives but to even hear how some of the aspects of their culture help them understand the Bible in a way that maybe I just have been blind to. And and those kind of conversations have been so delightful as we realize that we're not all just starting from the same standpoint, but we might see, you know, matters of respect or shame Mm -hmm. or honor or Mm -hmm. authority or things like that. We just have certain Preconceived ideas about some of those ideas, and uh, yeah. just fantastic discussions, as well yeah. as great food. We've had some wonderful oh, my potlucks yeah. that have been and,
1: incredible. And you <laughs> know, this applies to other things too. You know, I know you're passionate about small groups. You, this is an area uh, where you, where you lead. Uh-huh. Um, it's you know, it doesn't have to just to be married people with married people and single people with single people. I love it when groups are a variety of age groups, different relationship statuses, and all all coming together um, and walking this journey together. Oh, I love it.
0: That's a good point. So can you talk a little bit more about why we choose to use the language we want to be a church of all cultures Mm -hmm. rather than being, say, multiracial?
1: Yeah. Um, so there is
0: an intentional difference there.
1: There there is an intentional difference there. And this is an area where I might need to do a little bit more, uh, a little bit more reading, but every terminology has its baggage and every every terminology has its advantages and its disadvantages the advantages of choosing a church of all cultures is that we're we're trying to we're trying to emphasize that it's not just a racial thing it's also a cultural thing um and that's it's it's i mean Jesus and the, the Great Commission—you know—go into uh, go into all the world, um, and there's the in Greek it's pontata Ethne, you know, all nations, all ethnicities um, coming together. But it's not. Sometimes it just can't be reduced to to an ethnic background. There's also cultural background. But there's also, but when we talk about all cultures, that that transcends a transcends ethnicity in this way. And remember, our vision statement is aspirational. There are things like deaf culture mm-hmm. right and and i don't like i couldn't point to anything right now to say hey we're the kind of church that if someone is hearing impaired or if someone is deaf that we're making this a great place for them we're not there yet I want us to be. We're just not there yet, but but that would be included in this. Um, people um, who experience um, life from a wheelchair, or people who experience different kinds of uh, disabilities. There's a, there's a culture in the community with that. I want us to be a church where we're very not just welcoming, but accommodating and loving and uplifting um, for that as well. So it's bigger than it's bigger than skin color, mm-hmm. and it's bigger than whatever part of the world that you might come come from. And so we're we're trying to we're trying to communicate that. Where this where our language has its flat sides is culture is a word that's used to describe all kinds of things, right? So there's there's workplace culture, you know, there's mm-hmm. family mm-hmm. culture, you know, you could even pick a um, ideology. And I'm, I'm going to try and stay out of hot water <laughs> right now, but pick <laughs> pick a social, socially hot topic. There could be uh-huh. a culture associated with that. Well, we don't mean that we're that we're, that trying, we're embracing that we're, every
0: aspect of every culture, every
1: culture yeah. imaginable. We want to bring it. Yeah, that's not what we mean. But here's the thing: most people that I know are super reasonable,
0: mm. and they
1: get, they just get it. They get they get what we're trying to say, and they recognize there's a flat side to all language. And I think they get what we're, what we're trying to say. But it's helpful to provide clarity. Yeah,
0: thanks for for going a little bit more down that road. So. So bring us back to this this idea of mm-hmm. if we're aiming for this as our aspirational goal to be a church of all cultures, yeah. Uh, what what are you talked about having a posture mm-hmm. that is ready to just mm-hmm. be a little bit self-reflective and to bring it to Jesus in prayer and, yeah. and to, to ask our, ourselves about that. Is there anything else that you think we as a congregation could be doing right now in that, or is, is that a good place for I us wanna, to be right I, I
1: want to start there. I want to start there now. Um We'll we'll talk about it intentionally in the same way we talk about other aspects of our mission, vision, and values. Uh, intentionally, we'll we'll talk about this intentionally because we want to want to do it well out of a love for Jesus and a, and a love for for people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, let's just recognize that there are natural tendencies that pull us away from living like what heaven will be like, and we can choose to adopt a, 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 a just a, a posture of prayer with Christ, asking Him to to lead us individually. And as we do that, um, we're going to work to take steps collectively to really live out this vision that he's given us.
0: That's beautiful. All it's right. one of the many things I'm excited about for our church.
1: OK, so uh, we're going to be on break a couple of weeks. couple
0: of weeks, and we'll be back with the Dear Church series. Do you want to give any little teaser for that?
1: Well, you know, we'll, we'll be preaching out of Revelation. It's we're, dear church is about the uh,
0: brave man. <laughs> it's
1: it's the, it's the seven letters to the the seven uh, churches there in the beginning of Revelation. So we will have to get into a little symbolism. But like, if you geek out on all the symbolism in Revelation, you're probably going to be disappointed. It's not it's not going to be it's not going to be like that. We're really going to be focusing on um, on Jesus's messages to these seven different churches. And uh, I'm excited to talk about that and see how these things that we might be able to learn and grow from together.
0: Sounds good. So we'll be back in the end of September for that.
1: That's right.